grab a hold of your Bibles and repeat after me. I believe, I believe everything, everything that my Bible says. No matter what the devil says. No matter what the people say. No matter what my circumstances say. I'm a believer. And I'm a receiver. Today, I will receive absolutely everything heaven has for me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, if you would, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, we've kind of been on a series here uh, the last, I don't know, it seems like a month or so on this scripture. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, we're just going to go back to the, the scripture, the base of it. And we'll get started there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, or in the original it says, now concerning spirituals. Brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Paul's talking about things of the Spirit. You know, if you have a King James, that word gifts is italicized, which means it wasn't in the original text but it was, per, it was put there to help clear some things up and give some understanding. So if you, if you read it the, the original way, I would not have you ignorant of things of the Spirit or spiritual things. You know, we've talked about this in the past, but Hosea 4.6 says there's two reasons why God's people are destroyed. And the devil doesn't have anything to do with any, either one of them. He says, my people are destroyed for two reasons. Because of a lack of knowledge, see, what you don't know can, can, can destroy your life. Then the other one is because you have knowledge, but you reject it. You won't do it. Doesn't say anything about the devil. Two things that will destroy your life and mess your whole life up is a lack of knowledge, what you don't know, because what? You're ignorant. You, you, you never, if you don't know, you're, you're ignorant concerning those things, Right? If you don't know how to do them, you, I mean, there's, I, I, I could, you know, I could ask somebody in here to go out and take apart my car and put it back together again, but if, you, if, you, if you're not an auto mechanic, you'd look at me and say, well, I don't even know where to begin. I wouldn't even know what to do. So, see, it's not that you couldn't do it, you just, you're ignorant of those things. So that's what Paul was talking about. He said, I would not have you be ignorant, or we could look at it this way, to ignore a lot of people, that's what they do, is they ignore things. They think, well, if I just ignore it, it'll go away. How's that worked for you in your life? If, you, if you've been like that, now I have, I've been like that. I used to do things like that. I used to just say, well, if I just ignore it, it'll go away, and maybe I won't have to deal with it. And then you're looking at it later on down the road, it's like, wow, this thing's even got worse now. It's worse today than it was back then. Well, you have to understand that things with, with God... Paul talked about keeping the simplicity of the gospel. The good news is pretty simple. All right? It's pretty simple when you, when you get the idea, the revelation of it. And, uh, but if you get away from that, it can, beco it, it can become complicated. Here's what I mean. Je Jesus said this in John 10.10. 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came to give you life and life in abundance. If it's good, it's Jesus. 
If it's bad, it's the devil. All right? If it's good, it's Jesus. If it's bad, it's the devil. Then why, why, did, why did God take my loved one home when there was a good person? What did the Bible just say? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you are, are ignorant of something or you reject something, it'll cost you your life. Now, you don't know what went on in somebody's head in the days or weeks or months before they left this planet. All right? Regardless of how much you loved them and we care about them, but people make mistakes. We're flesh. We, we make mistakes. But God is good. If it's a good thing, it's God behind it. If it's a bad thing, it's the devil. And this is what Paul's talking about, not being ignorant of some things. All right? And what I want to talk to you about is the three types of Christians today. So if you would, go to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. I'm going to look at a few scriptures today. Romans chapter 8. And Paul kind of, in, in the book of Romans, gives us an outline. In Romans 8, And we'll pick it up in verse 4. He says this, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now that word righteousness, you could say it this way, the right things of God. That the right things of the law might be fulfilled, in, it might come out in our lives, that's what it's saying. The right things of God's law might come out in our lives. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now Paul is talking about separating some things here. There's, there's people that they mind the things of the flesh. When you're a new believer, okay, you're going to be minding the things of the flesh. That's... that's that's who you are. You're going to have to have your mind renewed by the Word of God. You know, that's what it says in, in Romans 12. Be not, be not conformed to the world's way of doing things, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you, how do you have your mind renewed? Well, you, you have your mind renewed by spending time in the Word. Seeing, looking at yourself in the Word, seeing who you are, let the Word tell you really who you really are. Because see, all of us got this idea of who we are. And the longer you walk with God, you start to realize something, as I did. God knows me better than I know me. Now in the beginning, when I heard, when I heard a preacher say that one time, I thought, how can he know me better than me? I'm with me all the time. And the longer I walked with him, I thought, by golly, he does know me better than I know. Because he started telling me about things that were, were to come. And he started telling me about things. He said, oh, you're, you're susceptible to this. He said, you better watch that. And, and I'd start watching it. I thought, by God, he does know me better than me. So, what he's saying here is, if you'll walk after the things of the Spirit, you're a spiritual person. Right? Let's, let's go back here. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. 
To be carnally minded is death. Now he's, talk, he's not talking about unsaved people. He's talking about, he's talking about Christians. I mean, because if you think about it, the unsaved person's already dead. I mean, here's, here, you know, we sing the song, tear down the walls of, of my tradition. Now here's what tradition does for you. Tradition has taught us, unlike the Bible, tradition has taught even the world, because the church has let it get by, that we're all children of God. We're all children of God. Yet Jesus, when he spoke to the Sadducees and Pharisees, when they accused him of being Beelzebub, he said, you are of your father, the devil. For he's a liar, and he was a liar from the beginning. Now Jesus wasn't being mean, he's telling them the truth. Who's their father? The devil. Until a person gives their life to Jesus, their father is the devil. When you get born again, you are born into the kingdom of God. And at that moment, you become a child of God. Yeah, now you're a child of God. As Christians, you're a child of God. Now, but the Father doesn't want you to stay a child. He wants you to grow up to become a son and daughter of God. Here, here's, here's the reason. Just like if you have children, and let's say, John, John, you got your daughter back there, right? How old is she? Ten years old. Would you give her the keys to your brand new truck and ha let her drive it to uh, Walmart? Why not? Won't even draw, let her drive around. Why not? She, she's your daughter, isn't she? She's a child because she's a child. All right? Now, when she gets older and she proves herself and she's of age and she gets a license and she shows that she can drive that truck, then daddy's going to hand her the keys and say, go to Walmart and get me a Coke. And she'll get in the truck and go. That's because she's proved herself. So see, when you, you can be a born-again Christian, but you have not proved yourself, you're still a child of God. You can be a child of God for 50, 60 years. And you've... I mean, I've seen Christians that are in their 60s, 70s, 50s, 40s. They've been, with, they've been a Christian for 20, 30 years, and they're still a child, and they act like a child. And they wonder why God doesn't promote them. Well, because you're a child. You don't under, you, you're, just, you're involved in childish things. You're carnally minded. And that's what he's saying. To be carnally minded is death. Death from what? Because you're a Christian. Well, how about death from um, sickness? How about death in concerning uh, worry in your life? Because worry is not of God. How about death in um, fear? You're, you're fearful of something. See, God doesn't, he doesn't want you to remain fearful. He wants you to come out of that. Deliver. He, he, he wants you delivered of fear. How about um, wisdom? Or a lack of, uh, let's put it this way, a lack of wisdom. He wants you to have wisdom. See, carnally minded people don't think that way. And there's, you know, like I said, there's three types of Christians. And we're going to look into that here today and look into some scriptures of some things. There's three types of, of, of 
of Christians. There's a spiritual Christian. All right? There's a carnal Christian. And then there's a perverted Christian. What's the difference? Well, they're, they're all three Christians, but they're at different levels. A spiritual Christian is this. A spiritual Christian is in the Word of God. One that is born again. One that does what the Word of God says. When they look into the Word, they see the Word. The Word says, this is what you do. They do it automatically. If they see that they're doing something wrong and they see the Word is contrary to how they do it, they line up with the Word. They don't cause the Word to line up with them. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. All right? They're not just somebody that, well, they gave their life to Jesus, but they're, they've, been, they've been baptized in water. They've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. They speak in tongues. When you read the, the New Testament, it was all written to Spirit-filled believers. There wasn't a Christian back then that didn't speak in tongues. That's why Paul could make the statement. He said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than y'all. See, that just goes to show you that Paul was from the South. He said, you all. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't a Yankee. He, he was from the South. He said, I, I speak in tongues more than you all. So what he was saying was, everybody speaks in tongues. He said, I spend a lot of time speaking in tongues. So they're spirit-filled. They're led by the Spirit of God, meaning that when the Spirit of God tells them to something, they're quick to do it. They don't argue. They go ahead and do it. They're faithful in coming to church. They're active in, in the church, in the body of Christ. No condemnation. I'm, you know, we're all learning. We're all trying to learn. Okay? They're active in the church because they understand some things about the Spirit, how the Spirit operates. You know, Jesus gave, He left, He gave gifts unto men. We call it the fivefold ministry. He gave us gifts. For what? What is the fivefold ministry? The purpose of the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4.11, it's to build up the body of Christ. They understand that. So a spirit-filled Christian understands that the fivefold ministry is here to help us and is, is a necessity in the church to increase it. So guess what? When pastor has a, somebody in that's in the fivefold ministry, they're there. They're at that church service. Why? Because they understand that person has something to impart unto you. See, you, they're, they're, you're here today and you're getting an impartation by the Spirit of God if you're listening to what I'm saying. Now, I realize everybody's hearing what I'm saying, but I'm not talking about hearing with just your ears. I'm talking about hearing with your spirit. There's a difference. Men can tell you. sometimes We hear what our wives say, but we always don't listen. And it could be the other way around, too. The wife hears what the husband says, but they're not li listening. It's just going in one ear, not the other. See, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about your hearing. Hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Does God speak through man? He does. He does. And you see, if you're spiritual or you're, you're, you're growing in that direction, you understand that God is right now is speaking through a man. You know, it cost Pharaoh his entire kingdom. His entire kingdom he lost 
because he didn't recognize God's voice being spoken through Moses. And when Moses said, let my people go, he refused. It cost him his son. His son died. All the firstborn son in Egypt died because he did not recognize God speaking through a man. Same thing happens today all the time. All the time. People don't recognize that, that the, uh, the pastoral is a gift from God. So what do they do? And a lot of times what you see happening is you have what we call a placebo church. A placebo pastor. You'll see in a lot of these big churches, the churches are real big, and the pastors in those churches have problems in their lives, and the people in the church even know they have problems in their lives, and they don't care. And the pastors don't care. Why? It's a placebo church. It's, a placebo means it's fake. You know, it's like a placebo pill, a sugar pill. The doctor gives you a sugar pill and says, take this in the morning, you'll feel better. You take it. You don't even know it's a placebo pill. And you, hey, I do feel, well, it's psychological. You, you, you felt, but the pill didn't do nothing for you. It wasn't in the pill because it's just a sugar pill. See, and that's what's happening to a lot of churches today. People go to church. They, they hear a message of some kind. They feel good for a little, little bit. But when they go outside there and the devil's attacking them, guess what happens? Their attitude goes down because they don't understand there's a connection with this word here and what the preacher is, t is saying to you. All right, so there's, there's uh, spiritual people, then there's carnal people. What's a carnal Christian? Well, I'm glad you asked. A carnal Christian is that. A, a Christian, they're a Christian. They, they at one time knew Jesus. At one time they had a relationship with Jesus. But because they don't continue that relationship with Jesus, they think just like the world. They, they, they spend their money like the world. They go, to th they go to events just like the world does. They think nothing of it, just like the world. They're not, they're, there's no difference in their lives. You know, you can look at a carnal Christian, a lot of times what will happen is you'll see unbelievers say, well, why would I want to be like you? You're, you're living, I don't see any difference the way you live and the way I live. And they're right. Why, why would they want to be like you, a carnal Christian? Because they're not, they, they don't see any difference in that person's life than they do there's, there's no incentive. So a carnal Christian is, is a Christian, but they're not living according to this word. They, they, they're very unfaithful in coming to church. You know, you can see, you can judge yourself in a lot of these things. You can say, well, you know, don't come to me and say, well, pastor, am I, am I a carnal Christian? Or am I a perverted Christian? Or am I a spirit-filled Christian? You should be able to judge yourself. Do you do what this word says? Do you, do you spend time with the Father? You know, that's, a, that, that's what in 1 John, it says this is a distinguishing mark of a Christian, that they fellowship with the Father. I talk to him all the time. I'm hearing from him right now while I'm preaching. And, and he's talking to me sometimes about stuff that I'm not even preaching about because he's giving me revelation. It's part of the fellowship. And that's what they were talking about in 1 John. They said, we, we want you to have this fellowship too because it's a distinguishing mark of a believer is the fellowship of the Father. Remember, Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. 
No man goes to the Father but through me. Where's the destination? The Father. The Father. Yeah, that's the destination. Your relationship with the Heavenly Father is the most important relationship you have here on earth. Even more important than your, than your, their, your marital relationship. Because if that relationship that you have with their Heavenly Father is right, your marital relationship will straighten out. Yeah, he'll straighten you out. He has me. He has me over the years. And you know, I don't ever go to God saying, God, you changed that person. You changed my spouse. Because in order for that to happen, he's going to look at me and he's going to say, Michael, there's things you need to change. You need to be more thankful. More thankful about your spouse. Yeah. Think about that. You should be more thankful about your spouse. Be thankful that you've been, been with them for all these years. All things may not be perfect, but you see, you be thankful. I remember I was, earlier this week I was talking to Doc Barkley, who um, we made it official. He's now my spiritual father. I was talking to Doc Barkley, and actually I was talking to him right before he steps on the stage at Brother Copeland's minister, ministries conference. He said, I got about 15, 20 minutes. I'm going to be preaching out here. I said, well, okay. So we talked for a little bit. And um, Doc Barkley, if you don't know anything about him, he's a, a former Marine, United States Marine Corps, spent time in Vietnam, was a drill instructor. He still acts like it. <laughs> he just doesn't cuss like, and that's why he's no longer in the Marine Corps, because when he gave his life to Jesus, he had to leave. Because you, you, you can't be a drill instructor and not cuss. <laughs> you just can't. You, you, you don't have any effect. My gosh darn guys, I want you, it just doesn't work. So he'd step away. But he's been, he's been uh, following Jesus for uh, close to 50 years now. But, uh, I, you know, I, I know what I started to say. He said, he was, I heard him talking about this one time. He said there was, there was two people that he had met in his, in his church that were going through some different things. And one was complaining about their job situation. And he made pretty good money, but he was always complaining about his job. Said, you know, uh, the people at my job, they don't understand me. Uh, I'm not making enough money, this. But he was making decent money. He just, you know, yeah, he wanted to make more. Well, everybody does. But he was just complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining and complaining. That's what basically his whole lifestyle was complaining. And he, ne he said, I, I never seem to get anywhere, and I don't understand why. He's, and Doc said, I tried telling him, you know, because it's, it's you're complaining. It's your, it's your outlook. He said, then a few weeks later, he, he had this one man in, in, in his congregation. His wife died. They've been married over 50 years. So he goes over to see her, see this man, and he said, you know, you go in a situation like that, you know, you're, you know it may not be real good because of the situation. He said, I went into that house, and he said, I sat down. The man you know, welcomed me in and, come, and he sat down. He said, he said, well, brother, how's things going? He said, you know, pastor, he said, uh, I'm just so thankful that I got to spend 50 years with my wife, that we enjoyed time together, and she did all these things for me. I'm so thankful that God allowed me to spend time with her and so thankful she was faithful for 50 years. 
What was the difference? His attitude. One had a thankful attitude. The one was always complaining. See, you're, and that's the difference between a carnal Christian and a spiritual Christian. A spiritual Christian will always believe God for good. You know, the Bible says, in all things give thanks. Yeah, it says it in there. In all things give thanks. Not thankful for the bad thing that you're going through. No, no, no. We're not thanking God because of something bad happened to us. But we're thankful because He has the answers. And we have the answers because we have fellowship with Him. What was it, three or four years? I guess it was three years ago. They, di they diagnosed me with malignant, malignant melanoma, which is basically a death sentence. Well, when that happened, I wasn't upset. I went home, and I talked to the Lord. I said, now, Father, I, I just want to say something about this. I know for a fact you didn't do this to me. See, that's where a lot of people miss it. Is they'll, they'll, they'll go home and they'll say, God, why is this? Why, did you do, what you, why are you letting this happen in my life? He ain't the one bringing it to you. Remember what we said earlier, God is good. The devil's bad. So if something bad's happening, it's not God. That's religion that's taught that. That's religion that's taught people that. If it's evil, it's the devil. If it's good, it's God. So I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you didn't do this to me. One of two things. It's either a straight-out attack from the devil, or it's me. James said this way, humble yourself before the Lord and submit to him. Resist the devil, and he'll flee. What was I doing? Now, unbeknownst to me at the time, I was humbling myself before the Lord. I was saying, Lord, I believe it's probably me. He said, Michael, it is. He said, you've missed three things in, my, in your life. He said, there's three things you, uh, you failed to do. One of them, he said, <clears throat> he said uh, you've not, I've talked to you about going full-time in, in ministry, and you've not talked to me about it since. He said, you ain't believe in me. And he told me the other two. I can't even remember what the other two were. They weren't even really big things. But I repented of all. Father, you're right. I repent. I'm, I'm sorry. I missed you. I'll make that correction. I'll make that correction. Spent some time worshiping him. Now, this is over a period of an hour or two. Maybe three. I'm not in there pressing in saying, I've got to have answers right this second. No, no, no. Because God don't operate that way. If you're in a hurry, you're not going to hear from heaven. Chances are. So after a while of worshiping the Lord and praising Him, he said, Michael, in 30 days this will be gone. Now that's around December 28th, 29th of that, that one year. They had scheduled me for a surgery January 17th. I went and had surgery on this arm here, which is where the melanoma was. They cut it out, sent it off for biopsy. They did a whole bunch of tests on there, came back <clears throat> less than, I guess it was three days later, all the tests came back. Absolutely no cancer in my body. None. None. 
Doctors I have talked to said, that's not normal. That's not how this operates. Most people that get malignant melanoma, they're, they're gone. You don't know my God. You don't know covenant I got. See, from that point on, when God told me in 30 days this will be gone, I'm not worried. I'm at peace. Now, he didn't tell me I didn't have to have the surgery. I wish he would have, but that wasn't my focus at the time. My focus is on what did heaven tell me? In 30 days, this will be gone. I'm not pressing in how. I don't need to know that. That's not my job. That's his job. Difference between a spiritual and a carnal. A carnal Christian is going to press in, want to know all the answers. Do I have to do that? See, that's carnally mine. Listen to what heaven's saying. Listen. Because if you don't listen, and I'm talking about with your spiritual ears, you'll miss God. When we went down last month, uh, it was November, it wasn't last month, middle of November, we went to see Doc Barkley. And he had a prophecy for us. And that prophecy is coming to pass by, by evidence of all the people here. Because he prophesied, he said, your church is going to fill up. But there's something he said to my wife and, and myself as he, as he spoke to us at the very beginning. He said this to each one of us. He said, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Well, here, right, around, right after Christmas, my, my wife got real sick. I was sick. I wasn't as sick as she was. She had to go, she wound up having to go to the, to the doctor, and we thought maybe the hospital. I mean, her eyes were just blood red and black. It looked like I hit her. She was undergoing through something, and we were in prayer, and uh, I told her, I said, hold it. What did the man of God, what did the prophet of God tell us? It's going to be okay. That's what we stood on. I said, Father according to the prophet of God, spoke to us and said, it's going to be okay. We know that by his stripes we're healed. We know the word says that. We know in Psalm, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of my benefits, who forgives you of all of your sins and heals you of all of your diseases. Not some of them, not most of them, all of them. See, if you don't have that in here, if you don't have that in here, when you come under attack and you get sick or something happens in your, in your life, you're going to get over in the area of fear and worry, and, that, and faith does not work in that area. The only area you're going to beat the devil in is in the arena of faith. That's believing God at His Word, what His Word says. So what's that going to take? You're going to have to get in the Word of God. Now, what's a perverted Christian? See, we haven't got to that. We got to the carnal and the spiritual. What's a perverted Christian? A perverted Christian is this one. A perverted Christian is one that's engaged in a lot of worldly things. I mean, they're, they're to the extreme. All right? They're, uh, it, it does mean sexual perversion. They could be in pornography. They could be uh, drunks. They could be drug addicts. All right? Uh, just, just perverted things. Any, I mean, anything that's perverted. They're a perverted Christian. Now, God doesn't hate perverted Christians, but see, 
God doesn't, you know, God doesn't want us hooked on anything. He wants us delivered. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to be messing with drugs. Why, why are people messing with drugs? Because they've got so much pain in their life, they need something to cover up everything that's going on. Well, God, he, God is your life. It's not the drugs. It's just like alcohol, too. People are bound by alcohol. God doesn't hate people that are, that are in alcohol because it, it, does what it, it, it does what it says it does. It call, they call alcohol spirits. Do you know why they call it spirits? Because you get a spirit with it. I mean, you, some, some liquor stores you can go buy, and it, and it says right out front, wine and spirits. I mean, the devil's telling you what he's selling you. And, you're, and we got people going in, well, I'm just, oh, you know, Pastor, I only drink one drink a day. You're messing with the devil's food. We don't hate you. God doesn't hate people that are in that. We, we love, see, we don't need to beat people over the head with that, that, that are in that. We need to love them. I don't care if, we got, if I've got 50 people that are alcoholics in here. I'm going to love them. I'm not going to hate them. I'm not going to tell them how bad they are. They already know they got trouble in their lives. The, the Bible says the goodness of God leads people to repentance. Not beating them over the head. It's the goodness of God that leads people to, to repentance. So here's what you have. You've got... A spirit-filled Christian, a carnal Christian, and a perverted Christian. Guess which one has the power of God operating in their life? The spirit-filled one. Does the carnal one? No. Because they're carnally minded. They're not spiritually minded. They're not thinking things of the spirit. They're just like the world. The perverted one. And here's really what's happening. The spiritual Christian, the spirit-led Christian, has the power of God, and when the devil attacks, they defeat him. Because they've humbled, their, they submit to God, and when they resist the devil, he flees. And if you look at that word in James, it says he, the devil flees, it means to flee in terror. The devil just doesn't, oh, I'm going to let you alone. No, he turn, he's running. What's he running from? Jesus. Because when a spirit-filled Christian who knows who they are in Christ will stand on that word and they're under attack and they start speaking, here's what the devil hears. He doesn't hear your voice. He hears Jesus. Because Jesus defeated Satan, Lucifer, in hell. And the Bible says he made an open show of him. He paraded. Jesus took Lucifer throughout hell and paraded him through hell, chained up and bound up before all of his buddies. He embarrassed Lucifer in front of everybody. So when you, as a spirit-filled Christian, stand up on the Word of God and say, not today, devil. No, this ain't going to happen in my house. He turns and, and, and flee. He literally flees from, from you. He literally flees. Now let's get into some of the things of the Spirit here. I talked about the, the, the gifts of the Spirit. Go to, um, go to Galatians chapter 5. I want you to look at this here. 
Galatians 5. In Galatians 5 and verse 22, you're going to see the nine fruits of the Spirit. The nine fruits of the Spirit. And it says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness. You know who that's talking about there? That's the personality of Jesus Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is the personality of Jesus Christ. Don't think for a second that a carnal Christian has the fruit of the Spirit. Don't even think for a second that a perverted Christian has the fruit of the Spirit. The only one that has the, per, the fruit of the Spirit is a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led, spiritually alive Christian that's mining the things of the Spirit. By, by golly, when, th when times are tough, they, they, they come to church. When things are bad, they're here to serve. They're, they're not talking about how bad they got it. They're looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of their faith. You know, as we, as we, as we talked about before, it, it says in Galatians 2 that the faith that we have is not, is not the faith of ourselves. We live by the faith of Jesus Christ. So when you say, well, if I had faith like brother so-and-so, no, 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 you've got Jesus' faith. You have Jesus' faith. It's not even your own. It's His faith He's letting you use. Yeah, the same one that raised people from the dead. And then not only did He do that, He gave you His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God came down and is living inside you. Not a, not a like one. The same one that raised Jesus from the dead is living in your body. The same power, not a like power. The same one. That's what you need to be alive to. We all have bad days. But see, you can't focus on how bad things are in your life. If you, what you feed, that's what's going to rule in your life. That's, what you, that's, that's what's going to rule in your life, what you feed. If you feed fear, fear is going to rule. I said this last week the, that... Uh, Pastor Hicks said this. He's in heaven. I have two things in my chest, my breast. Two spirit. One I like, one I hate. One I obey, one I don't obey. The one I feed is the one that will dominate. If you feed the Spirit of God inside you, it'll dominate. But if you feed... The old man, the flesh, he'll dominate you. If you haven't figured it out by now, as a believer, if, and maybe you're not a believer, but if you're a believer, your old man tries to rise up every day 
and tries to get you to do things, tries to get you to say things, tries to get you to believe things. And it's always like the world. Well, if, I, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck. Th th that's the old man. There is no luck. Luck, luck is a lie. Because luck has a, 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 a little bitty, little bitty ounce of hope in it, worldly hope, that something good might happen to you. I'm sorry, but you got the Spirit of God living inside you. Something good is going to happen in you. Because you have the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. See, you believe the lies of the devil. A carnal Christian or a converted Christian... They believe the lies of the devil. They listen to that junk. Well, if God was so good, why, why do all these bad things happen? The bad things happen because people let them happen. And sometimes people are just stupid. Come on now, we've all, I've done it too. I've done stupid things in my life. And that's why sometimes bad things happen to us. Because we got, there's a devil out there. He's not out, he's not out to hold your hand and help you. The devil wants to kill you. I mean, when, do you realize that when the Father in heaven made us, he created us. Before we, we were created, here's, here's what the rankings were. There was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Then there were angels. Then there was everything else living. So Lucifer's thinking, man, I am this close to God. It's God, then it's me. Because Lucifer was in charge of worship in heaven. The Bible talks about he has bells and timbrels on him, instruments. Oh, yeah, why, why do you think he's so involved in, in music today? <laughs> he was the worship leader. And then one day God says, let us make man in our image. And then Lucifer speaks up through the psalmist and says, What is this man? Who is man that you have made him a little lower than Elohim in Psalm? In Hebrews, he says it this way. What is man that you've made him a little lower than the angels? That's inaccurate. God didn't make us lower than the angels. And the original, the, the, when they... When they uh, transmitted the, the letter from, from uh, Greek to English, the original word says Elohim, which is the name of God. And for some strange reason, they said, well, we can't put in there that he made us a little lower than himself. Well, why not? Because that's what he did. So what they did was, they said, well, let's just say we, we, he made man a little lower than angels. People will, will buy that. The truth is, he made you and me a little lower than himself. Yeah, that's what it says, we're made in his image. So now, here's the reality. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, man, angels. That's what got Lucifer in problem. And he was jealous. He's jealous. He hates you and me. He absolutely hates us. Why? Because we are what he wanted to be. We have fellowship with him. With the Father. Lucifer will never, ever go to heaven. Never. He's done. He's done. 
I want you to look at another scripture for me real quick. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. Or chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Did you get something today? Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. Verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Here, here's that word again, hearing. Lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedient received a just recompense of reward. Verse 3. How shall we escape? if we neglect so great a salvation? How shall we escape if we neglect the word that's spoken? We won't. We won't. Negligence, that word neglect is negligence. See, you can be neg negligent about something. Let's say you go out, you know, if I go out here in the parking lot, it looks like somebody already did. But, uh, I, I, I borrow Tim's truck. Why? Because a Prius won't do what I'm about to say. <laughs> but I borrowed Tim's truck. And uh, he says, go ahead, Pastor, I take my truck and do whatever you want to. I get out in the middle of the parking lot, and I, I put that thing in gear, and I floor it. And I'm spinning around, I'm spinning around, and I'm spinning around, and spinning around. And somebody drives through the parking lot, and I hit him. And I kill him. The police are going to come and do what? They're going to charge me with negligent homicide. I'm not, I'm not a murderer. But see, my negligence costs somebody their life. So a lawyer is going to bring charges against me and prove that I am a murderer. I'm, no, I'm not a murderer. Oh, I had an accident, but and it, yeah, it did cost somebody. How shall we escape if we neglect what we heard? We won't. Now, in Romans 10, 17, it says this, Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by what? The what? The word of God. Say it again. The word of God. Hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by what? Hearing the Word of God. Faith only comes when you hear the Word of God. You can sit at home and have underwear church all you want to and read your Bible. Faith will not come. It won't. You, won't. you do not get faith by reading your Bible. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. If you go back up there, and just for time purposes, that's your homework. Read Romans 10, the seven verses before that. You'll see it's talking about a preacher. How can somebody, how can somebody believe unless they hear? They won't. And how can a preacher go and preach unless he be sent? He won't. So then it comes later on, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith only comes to you when you hear the word of God preached to you. You can sit at home and read your Bible all you want. Faith ain't coming to you. It ain't. You can get a lot of knowledge. You get knowledge. And knowledge is, is a form of power, but it, it's not everything you need. You need faith. You need to understand faith.
And faith only comes by hearing the Word of God preached to you. Because see, there's something that's happened. If you're listening to me today, I mean you're listening with your spirit. I'm not saying you're not. I'm saying if you're listening to what the Spirit of God is saying today, something's going on inside you. It's stirring you up. It's maybe correcting you. Hey, if it's correcting you, don't look at anybody else. They'll never know it's you. Just act like you're not being corrected. Nobody will know it's you. Just like, like everything is fine. Okay? We won't know. That's between you and God. But at the same time, He might be stirring something up inside you, planting something, growing something, saying, see, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can make a difference. You can make a difference in your family. You can make a difference in your neighborhood. You can make a difference at your job. Why? Because faith is coming. When by hearing the Word of God. And the more you hear it, the more you see it, the more revelation comes to you. It brings change in your life, which brings change to your family, which brings change to your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. It keeps going on and on. How? Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Spirit-led Christians. Those are the ones making the difference. Those are the ones making the difference. That's the way faith comes by hearing. Because they come to church, they're faithful. They get involved in church. This, this man here, been praying for people for years and years. I've been doing this 17, 17 years. 17 years. In those 17 years, see, you don't know what we went through. There was times we'd show up to church, there's just the two of us. That's it. We're preaching. Why? Because that's what God told us to do. We're praying and believing God. We're getting you know, a prophetic word here and then a prophetic word there. I'm writing them down. I'm looking at them. See, when you get a prophetic word, you write it down. You go back over it because that's how you fight. That's how you fight in the Spirit. Because I don't have a photographic memory. I can't, rem- I, I can't even remember what I ate last night, much less last week. How in the world am I going to remember what the Spirit of the Lord said to me unless I write it down? That's why I say, you know, your Bible... Your Bible should look like this. It should be have notes in, in there all throughout it. It should be well-worn, well-used. Because a Bible that is well-used, is well-worn, that person's life won't be in a mess. But if your Bible looks like it's brand new, don't have any marks in it, your life will be a mess. Now, i got lots of Bibles and they don't have marks in them, but this is my main Bible. This is the main one I use. You know, I, I used one last week. I was like, Lord, I'm not using that thing. Yeah, it was like wearing the wrong size underwear or something. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just saying that's what it, I mean. It felt like I was like, well, I know somebody needed to hear something out of it, you know, but, uh, and I, I don't mind that verse, but it just, I felt naked with it. It just wasn't right. You know, I mean. <laughs> but anyway, we're, we're praying for, for years. And one day this man walks into the, he walks into the, he walks into the church. I'm like, who is this guy? I come out here expecting our four and no more. And here I got another guy. 
Who are you? He introduces himself. We got talking. And I said some things about needing some things around here. And about two weeks later, he comes up to me. He said, I heard you say something about uh, needing a sound booth. I said, well, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to build one. Uh, I'm not a carpenter. He said, I'm your man. I said, excuse me? He said, I'm your man. And he pulls out his phone. He says, I don't know how to do these things, but the Lord showed me how to build cabinets. And he shows me these cabinets he built his house. I'm like, praise God, somebody that actually knows what they're doing. I mean, I could have done it, but it would never have looked like that. Would never have looked like that. Him and his son built this on their spare time, brought it in. God started filling the church. We started getting new chairs. And it's not going to stop, folks. It's not going to stop because this is what the Lord prophesied. He, he, had pro he, said, he said, I see... I, I had a man of God tell us this is about seven, eight years ago. He said, I see your, you and your wife standing at the front of your church and people standing in line to come in. We're not that far away from that. I mean, if we keep adding people here, which you say, well, we'll just get a bigger church. I can't do that. I can't do that until heaven tells me. I mean, see, that's, that's, that's a carnal mind. Well, we just go get a bigger, no, no, no. What's the Lord say? What's the Lord say? And that's, see, that's needs, that's, here's what we're doing. For you new folks that you're wondering, well, what's your, what's your mission? Here's our mission, to make disciples. Make disciples. We're not making followers. We're making disciples. What's a disciple? A disciple does what Jesus does. That's what a, that's what true disciple does. I had somebody here a few years ago said, that the church they were going to is having a discipleship class. I said, oh man, that, that's awesome. Um, wh when they get to the part where they're going to start casting out devils, let me know, I want to go to that, sir. I want to I hear what they have to say. say oh, they're not going to do that. I said, what? They're, they're not going to teach how to cast out devils. I said, I thought you were making disciples. Well, we are. But you're not going to tell you, teach the people how to cast out devils? Well, No. That's not discipleship. Listen, that's how you cast out a devil. The name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Now, sometimes you've got to recognize that it is a devil. Sometimes it's flesh. But you know, the devil's real clever on getting into things, people. I, I'm, here's where I'm seeing, the, and I meant to say this, I'm closing. Perverted Christians. Everybody know what a Ouija board is? Now, you all know, I don't, do I have to explain to anybody in here that that's a demonic tool? Okay, you, you all understand that. Good. We're, we're on one page. And you know that by putting your hands on that thing and, and touching it, you, you encant demonic spirits to come and give you answers. All right? It's, it's demonic. It's just like people hold that thought with the Ouija board because I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little side on a side. But it's just like people that believe in ghosts. Well, I've seen my, you know, somebody say, well, I had the ghost of my great aunt come in here. I said, well, you know, that, that, was, that wasn't a ghost, that was a spirit. Oh, no, it was my great aunt because she told me something that only me and her knew. Only her, we never told anybody else. And she told me and confirmed that this was my great aunt. 
I said, man, no, it wasn't your, your hand. Well, then how did this person know? What? I said, have you ever heard of a familiar spirit? There was a spirit around when you two were talking and you sharing your secret that you never told anybody else that overheard you tell that secret. Now, you didn't even know they were there. I mean, look around. Do you see the angels that are here right now? I don't. But they're here. There's angels here right now. You've got an angel that follows you around everywhere you want to go. Now, that's a different subject, but I'm, I'm, I, I mean, we'll get into that sometime. They say there's so much in the Word. I, I can't in an hour or two hours give you everything. There's 66 books in the Bible. I can't cover 66 books in a year, much less in a couple hours, an hour or two. So anyway, back to the Ouija board. Now, do you think the devil's just that, so stupid that that's where he's going to stop? When society is moving along and getting into technology? Natalie here, right? Nicole. Nicole. I get you my cousin. See, I got a cousin, Natalie, and I got a niece, Nicole. And I always flip the two names. I thought, easy to remember. No, no, I, I go to the cousin. and So if I call you one, that's what it is. <laughs> Nicole. Last week, I was sharing about how AIs are, you got to watch out for AIs because they're changing things. I said, you better get, a, you, better get you a, a paper Bible, not one on your phone because they're going to change on that phone the Bible. She come in today. She had her Bible that she is a King James Version. She said she went and looked online because it had a free Bible download with it. She compared the two. They're both King James. They're different. Now, they're not radically different, no, it's, um... but there's just some things that are different in there. Now, it's, it doesn't mean right now, but see, they're working in that way. They, they, it's, it's progressive. It's slow. That's how they progress. You better have your own Bible. You better have your own Bible. Anyway, the Ouija board. The devil's not stopping there. You get on social media today. And there are things out there that you can get into programs that will tell you who your spirit dog is, your spirit animal, your spirit this, your that. And people get in there and tap I'm seeing pastors playing these games. I'm like, you're picking up a demonic spirit. Do you not know what's going on? Oh, they're just funny. No, they're not! No, they are not. Now, if you've done it, repent. Say, Father, forgive me. I didn't, I, now, you, now you know. Now you know. Any way the devil can get into you, into your life, you've got to be able to recognize it. Social media, he's using a lot of things in social media, and it's all under the guise of games. Just like he does with kids. He gets kids in games and playing games, and the next thing you know, they're on a pornography site. You got something? Yeah, um, um, I got a great nephew. I was babysitting five months or two ago. He's eight years old, and he told me, uh, you got to be eight years old to sell your soul to the devil. There you go. He's right. He's right. He's right. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention this because, but now that you bring that up, there's a site out there. 
There's a site out there. I, do not go and look this up that will tell you how to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. No. When you do that, when you go through that and you do that, it's over for you. You're going to hell. Because Jesus said, you can blaspheme me. Jesus, not Mike Basket. I mean, you can blaspheme me. This is not a real bad thing that will happen to you. I mean, people blaspheme me, blaspheme me all the time. So. But there's nothing real bad that will happen to you. Jesus said, you can blaspheme me, you can blaspheme the Father. But the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, it will not be forgiven you. See, the devil's just right in people's faces. He wants your kids. He wants your grandkids. If you don't get spiritual and start walking with the things of the Spirit, I'm not talking about you being perfect. God's not talking. You've got to start somewhere. I don't care where you're at. Now I'm closing. Is there anybody in here that you would say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. I got one. I got any more. One person that doesn't know where they go if they died today. Anybody else? So how did I know this? People that go here, they know. I don't do this very often. No, we're okay. They can't see nothing. No, they need to know. They, anybody else? If you were to die today, you don't know whether you'd go to heaven or hell. See, we're not promised tomorrow. Now, here's, here's I'm going to lead you in a short prayer. And after I'm done praying, you'll, you'll, you'll be saved. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All right? So repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I believe of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. I give my life to you willingly and obediently. I thank you now for saving me and my family. Now fill me with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you. We got another one. Another one's in, in the kingdom. Now, something just supernaturally happened on the inside of you. You may feel it, you may not. It doesn't matter. What just happened? The Bible says, Behold, I make everything new. Now, you go and look in the mirror. You're still going to look the same. All right? But you are now a new creation. Now there's going to be a battle. You thought, well, well there was a battle before. No, no, that was a battle to stop you from this. Now the battle is, here's how the devil operates. He's going to try to convince her that that was not real. You need to look into the Word of God. It, it, it's in Acts. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I remember a, pre a preacher, I, I told this story a few years ago. He had, well, this was a long time ago. He had an altar call. And he told that, he said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So all these people come, he said, well, if you have never given your life to Jesus, come on up here and I'll pray over you. Well, there was, I don't know, there was probably 20 or 30 people. There was a, long, a lot of people up at the altar. Well, there's one man, he walked to one side of the, of the altar up there, and uh, 
The pastor started at the other end, started ministering. Well, this man was standing over there, and this guy just walked up to the altar like this, and he, and he raised his hands, and he said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Turn around and walk back and sit down. Well, at the end of the service, the guy got done. He said, you know, brother, he said, I, 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 I'm sorry it took so long to get to you, but um, I never got a chance to pray with you. He said, well, I'm okay. He said, no, he said, I want to pray with you and lead you to the Lord. He said, well, didn't you say whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved? He said, well, that's what I did. See, sometimes we make things real hard. The, Paul talked about the simplicity of the gospel. It's simple. It's simple. It's not difficult. I remember when I was teaching Sunday school in the kids' class, and we had this one incidence of a story. I heard the story from a minister. He, he shared the story that one of the kids in children's church, right, they were going to be teaching the kids in children's church how to resist the devil. All right, that was going to be the whole message. And they had a whole hour and a half program lined up. They were going to teach the kids how to, to resist the devil. So at the beginning of the, church, the children's church, this guy, one of, the, one of the ministers, come out dressed as the devil, walks in the room, and one of the kids stands up and says, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. The message is over with. The devil has to leave. He can't stay there now. I mean, that kid just, he did the whole, he did the whole class in, in five seconds. Changed the whole class. That, that's it. Yeah, it's that simple. When you use the name of Jesus, because you're a new creation, she's a new creation. When she speaks in the realm of the Spirit, the only thing the devil hears is Jesus' voice. Why? Because she's now a daughter of the King. And just like in the natural, you ever have, in the natural, you have people that get, you know, when we, well, we still use phones to a degree, but back in the day when you had the cord phones and somebody call and uh, you, didn't know, you didn't know if it was the father or the son because they sounded alike. Was this your dad or, or is this the son? Oh, this is, no, this is the son. Well, I want to talk to your dad. Well, put him on. So dad gets on. No, you got, this is the son. I want to talk to the, I am the dad. Why? Their voices sounded the same. Why? Because they're the same blood. In the realm of the Spirit, that's what Satan hears. When you and I first talk, he hears Jesus. What messes it up is when we say something that's contrary to the Word of God. Like, oh God, what am I going to do? Hold it. i got the mind of Christ. The Bible says, I have the mind of Christ. I already got the answer. It's just in here. i gotta, I got to dig it out. The word says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Now here's something else about the Holy Spirit. Paul said this, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Because wherever you go, he goes with you. When you leave here today and you and your spouse have intense fellowship, the Holy Ghost doesn't step outside and say, I'm going to leave you two alone while you, you, you hash it out. No, he's right there listening to every word you say. He's listening to every word. He has to. He can't leave you because his promise is, I'll never leave you and overtake you. So he's got to stand there and listen to you guys talk it out in intense fellowship. You know what I'm saying, right? Wink, wink. It's not nice words. 
or when you look at pornography, and I'm talking to the men and the women, the Holy Ghost doesn't stand up and say, okay, while you're doing that, I'm going out here, I'm going to fix me a sandwich. No, he's right there. He's in the room. You meet somebody at lunch that you're not supposed to be with and is a member of the opposite sex, the Holy Ghost don't step away. He's right there the whole time. That's why these people feel bad. We call them perverted Christians. Somebody that's had an affair, cheated on their spouse, and the family finds out about it, their whole, their whole life's a mess. Why? Nobody trusts them. The kids know what you're like. It's hard to overcome that. But see, Jesus can get you on the other side of it. But you, you, you won't do it yourself. See, that's what the devil wants. The devil don't mind you coming in here. The devil don't mind you coming in here. What he's after is he's after that word that was just sown into you. When you leave here today, the devil's coming after you to get that word out of you. You can say, no, no, it ain't going to happen today. No, no, not no more. I'm coming back next Sunday. And, I'm gonna, and throughout this week, I'm going to go on Facebook and listen to this message again. I'm going to go, when we get, as soon as we get on uh, Podbean and the, other, the others, you can listen to it on, on your phone. You can go back and listen to other messages on your phone. You're going to feed on that word. And it's going to feed your faith. Because faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word. And then you're going to come back next week and see you're going to grow. Each week you're going to grow little by little, little by little, and it makes a difference. Six, from, six months from now, you won't recognize anybody in here because you're all going to be different. Right, John? I got stereo John. John here and John there. <laughs> That's why I did that. John, John. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother, come on up here. We're going to pray for... For your son. Anybody else you need prayer? Come on up. Anybody else need prayer? Come on down. We'll just stand back here. Hallelujah. Uh, Travis, would you catch, just in case, I, I'm, I'm not pushing people down, but it just the power of God will do it sometimes. All right, Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we speak healing over his son's body right now. Father, we release angels to go because to minister on our behalf. Yes, they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation. Just as they ministered to Jesus, uh, they're ministering to his son. In the name of Jesus right now, Father, that by his stripes he's healed. We command that sickness to come out of his body in the name of Jesus right now in Jesus name in Jesus name we call it done do you believe that amen amen it's gone in Jesus name it's leaving now now that doesn't mean he, when you go home he's gonna be feeling hundred percent because see that attack put some stress on his body it, it may take a few days to, to, to feel better alright don't get hung up on what you see Paul said while we look not at what we see but the things we don't see, because the things we see, they're just temporary. But the things we don't see, that's eternal. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death.
We've been set free. Your son will be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. What you got, brother? Uh, my life's a drastic mess, and I've tried everything. I've, uh, I've off of medicine. Um, I'm doing a lot better than I was. Uh, my son got sober. I got caught up, and I want him to. He met God, and I want him to keep 